Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. We're passionate about helping you restore your metabolism for confidence, energy, and fat loss without giving up the foods you love. We're your hosts, Josh and Brittany. Listen for simple, easy-to-follow tips and strategies that you can start implementing today to get long-term results. We're so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. All right. Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. Welcome back. Um, today is about the skinny fat fix. <laughs> and uh, I have I bet you probably half our clients, um, they're looking to lose 10, 15, maybe 20 pounds. Like they're trying to lose weight. I also feel like there's the other half of our clients who weight. They, they want to lose some weight, but it's more about I've been exercising a ton. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm doing all the right things. It's just my body composition isn't where I want it to be. I'm, I'm looking to lose maybe some body fat, but I don't want to just be just skinny. I want yeah. to, to kind of be strong, have that lean aesthetic. Yeah, and I feel like for women, that's what we call like that toned look that mm-hmm. everyone wants. And I think a lot of times women don't realize that it actually is a body composition issue. <laughs> yeah. And so many, we, I guess our society is always going to focus on weight. It's a very simple way to assess like overall health. But when we look at body composition, weight isn't as much of a thing to focus on as body fat percentage because I know I'm heavier today than I have ever been, but my body fat percentage is still pretty low, which allows me to look lean. And that's what is the case for a lot of people Mm -hmm. is that the weight on the scale may not be the metric to look at for success. It's going to be body fat percentage. It's going to be how much muscle mass you have in terms of that kind of weight as well. Yeah, that scale number is helpful mainly in terms of trends over time. But in the end, it is that body composition. It's the body fat to muscle ratio. It's that body fat percentage that really determines what the shape of your body looks like and how lean or toned you look versus skinny fat. Yeah. And even for those who they definitely do want to see 10, 20, 30 or more pounds lost to help them get to that ideal body fat percentage. This is still a good podcast to listen to because even if you lose all the weight, you don't want to end up with that skinny fat. Really, it's not really a problem, but it's not that desired end result. Plus, you're going to make things a lot harder on yourself if your only focus is weight loss Mm -hmm. and you don't spend any time to put on muscle to start changing your body composition. So you may as well start start doing it right now and take the long road, especially if you think about a lot of these pe- the people that have come to us have tried diet after diet after diet, and sometimes for years, and they're c- continuously striving to lose weight, to lose a number on the scale. But had they just started building muscle several years ago and taken the long road, just look at where they would be now. Yeah, and that really speaks to what the root cause of skinny fat is or really the frustrations with those who lose a bunch of weight and aren't really happy with that overall end result. It is not an overweight 
issue. It's an under muscled issue. Mm -hmm. So when you look at skinny fat, it it's many people, they come to us and they're saying like, it's not that I'm at an unhealthy weight. So if we look at like BMI, like I'm in that healthy weight range. I just don't like the way I look because it isn't a weight issue. It's an under muscled issue. So if we start thinking about it in those terms, from that perspective, it becomes a lot clearer on what do I need to do to fix the the problem? And even if you are someone who works out and you take group fitness classes or you do the YouTube videos or things on Instagram and things like that, you are, as you get older, you're still losing muscle. So you need to steadily increase and continue to put on muscle in order to combat just the muscle that is lost just through aging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember listening to another podcast from a doctor. He's like, before you're probably 40s and 50s, the goal is build as much muscle as you can because once you hit your 40s, you start losing a little bit of muscle every year. Um, so if you can build a ton of muscle up to like those 30s and then into your 40s, then just try to maintain it for the rest of your life. And that's really the the strategy I know I've, I've tried to implement. Have you seen, I've been posting a lot on social media about those showing women in their 90s that, yeah. that like are still exercising and lifting weights and they are more limble limbo. <laughs> they are more, they have more mobility yeah. and they're able to do more than some of the 30 or 40 year olds I know because they've kept, kept that up and they're nineties. Yeah. And that's a really goal for all of us. <laughs> um, and I think that speaks to like that pretty healthy message is I don't think either one of us have any desire to step on like a bodybuilding stage um, <laughs> to be that peak of health and fitness um, because getting to for for a guy getting to under 10% body fat isn't a fun life. Even getting to 10% body fat at my age isn't a fun life. Um, the older I get, the harder it is to get to that low, low body fat percentage. Mm -hmm. But what I do wake up and what gets me to the gym is that desire to be like, I, I want to be 90. And I mean, we're on the older side for parents. I want to be 90 and still being able to play with my son and maybe his son or daughter. So those are the things that really get me excited to go to the gym today because I know the steps that I take today, I'll be able to see those benefits 30, 40 years down the road. And I think that, like, I know I want to look good, too, in addition oh, to yeah, all those yeah. things. I'm very I don't vain. Need to I be, know it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be shredded. I don't need to be, for women, it's actually very unhealthy. It can be very unhealthy genetically for many women to be even 16, 17% body fat. That's a very extreme lifestyle. And I want to be healthy. So mm -hmm. I don't need to look shredded. I want to be healthy and look good and be able to do all those things. And there's a, there's a line you can cross. Yeah. And I think it's, especially for women, um, there's a lot of attention on the core and just seeing like abs and things like that. Um, sometimes it will take a woman to get to a unhealthy body fat percentage to see abs. Yes. And I think even really lean girls, if they would stop flexing their core, because I know we have always been taught to suck in our belly, like 
that is how you do it for exercises. That's what you do when you're walking around, but that is not realistic. We should not be sucking in our bellies because a flat belly is not, is not realistic for women. Even someone who's lean, if they would actually relax, you would see that there's a little pouch at the bottom and that's completely normal because that's fat surrounding organs that are protecting your fertility essentially Mm -hmm. and your health. And once you start attacking that fat, it's a very slippery slope and your hormone health could easily take a dive. Yeah. And I I love this trend that I've started to see on social media where influencers who are coaches um they'll start saying like this is my like in great lighting look and (laughs) i i have a pump everything looks good i have like the entire six pack eight pack this is me two seconds later without the lighting without like (laughs) the pump and i look just like a normal person walking down the street so and that's the other thing you kind of have to factor in is the people that you're seeing on social media um and that aesthetic that they have is staged is Mm -hmm. like a certain lighting is certain i know like even some of the videos that we shoot we we understand that certain angles just show better um if that is the type of video that we need to are are trying to create Mm -hmm. um because like we want to look good it kind of goes back to like i want to feel good feel proud of the work that i put in um and i think that's really where a lot of that frustrations with the skinny fat is i'm putting in a lot of work i'm just not seeing the results of a lot of that work and when we start thinking about it as being an under muscled issue the fix is build more muscle but how do we do that because this person's probably working out. They're doing some sort of exercise. They're eating healthy foods. But what are some changes that they can make to go from skinny fat to that really lean superhero aesthetic that a lot of them are looking for? Usually the most important thing that they need to change is their workout plan. Because a lot of times they are taking the group fitness classes like Orange Theory or CrossFit, and those are great, but they are not going to help you build muscle past a certain point unless you're just really, really uh, pushing yourself. Yeah, and in many ways you have to alter the workouts that they're programming. Yeah. Um, I know we took an Orange Theory class, and like the heaviest weights they had were like 40s and 50s. Um, if there's more than a couple guys in the class, those 40 or 50s go really quick. <laughs> so you're forced to use 30s for like a bench press, which for you to get the right intensity, you need to do. 200 yeah. <laughs> like reps, which isn't realistic in the <laughs> three to four minutes they have allotted for your strength routine. Then you're going back to the roar, back to the, the, the cardio portion. So it, it, many times, even in CrossFit, I was a CrossFit coach for five years. They don't give enough rest times to be able to put in the right amount of intensity to build the strength that you need. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes to what you're saying. Those Some of those group classes are more cardio-based than strength-based. Yeah, even if they are, there are weights involved. Yeah, and so even if your group class and it's a berries, it's, it's all these, they are good cardio machines that will... Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're probably great for muscle endurance, muscle endurance. They're great for burning calories, but burning calories isn't the, the fix that you need. It's building strength. And most often, as boring as it may sound, it's <laughs> doing a hard set of anywhere from five to 30 reps, one set, 
resting for 90 seconds, maybe two minutes. Up to four minutes sometimes. Up to four. I know sometimes <laughs> you get under a heavy squat or a heavy deadlift, you got to sit down afterwards. Yeah. And I find myself telling my clients quite a bit because I'll look at the weight that they're they're lifting in certain exercises and I'll go, you have no idea how strong you are. Double that weight. Oh yeah. With perfect form. Make sure you keep your perfect form while you do it, but I'm willing to bet you can double that weight and you're going to be able to lift it a lot easier than you think you can. Yeah. And then I tell them that one day you're going to be lifting hundreds of pounds, not Mm -hmm. tens of pounds where you are right now. So I want you to progress as quickly as you can to that number because I need you to push yourself with perfect form. Yeah. And this is really where I love to tell people don't use barbells, don't use dumbbells. If you're at, and this is obviously only for those of you who have access to a gym, go to a machine, test your strength. Like go to a leg press machine where the risk of injury is so low because it is forcing you into a certain movement. Put on a bunch of plates, see what you can do. There's never going to be a point where it's like, too low where you can't mm. bail um the like a chest press machine you at it's when it returns it's not going to put you in a bad position truly test out your strength and then go back to the barbell go back to the dumbbells you'll you'll understand what intensity really is supposed to feel like <laughs> yeah so yeah the first thing to change is the style of workouts you can do the cardio you can do the classes But something that we like to do with all of our clients is have at least two to three days of strength only days in the gym, and then maybe one to two days of some type of cardio or mixed modal where it's some cardio and some weights. But having too many cardio classes will end up eating up all of your calories. You don't have enough calories then to build muscle. So switching up your program to incorporate a little bit more of a strength bias or muscle building bias, as opposed to just the calorie burn, which Mm -hmm. is usually the favorite of the skinny fat individuals. (laughs) It's hard to get away from that that mentality. Mm -hmm. I think that's often the hardest thing because like, for me, those first couple years of switching to strength workout, I felt like I didn't get a workout. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't sweat. I'm not out of breath. I didn't work out. Yeah. But as my body started to transform, I realized, oh, that was, that was a great workout. I didn't even have to sweat. Now that's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is especially for those who, you who are used to the classes, used to maybe running or things like that, um, strength workouts are boring. I used to think so. Yeah, they're super boring in comparison to always having something that's at like attention grabbing. Mm -hmm. When we say slow down, we're working on building muscle and building muscle is boring. And if you have a super, super creative workout plan, it's probably not a really a great plan (laughs) because the best plans from a strength development standpoint are pretty boring. And they repeat themselves over and over and over. Sometimes weeks upon weeks, you might be following the same plan and that because it's working for you. Yeah. And that goes into one of the other elements of a strength program. A quality strength program is progressive overload Mm -hmm. in that when you're doing the same workouts, like week after week after week, the goal is to try to add more weight week after week after week. And if you can't add any more weight, maybe you can eke out one more rep 
Mm -hmm. more than you did the last week. And that's really where you're going to see some of that strength development, muscle mass development. And if you can't sneak out that extra rep, then it's slowing down those last couple reps to make Mm -hmm. it harder until you can increase. Yeah. And then maybe that is going to require your two minute rest to be at three minutes, just to give a little bit more time to recover, to give that next set um, even more intensity than what you were able to get the week prior. Um, so changing those things up do does help a boring strength workout to be a little bit more exciting mm-hmm. um, because you start seeing, wow, when I started, I was able to lift 100 pounds. Now I'm at 120 and I feel like I might have a little bit more in the tank. So seeing that progression does get exciting, um, but it's also not meant to be super exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is, it, it does really make things more exciting because at the beginning, I really used to think that my workouts were boring when I first started these strength workouts, but then I started to get to the point where I was strong enough that I was on the borderline of being able to do a chin up or Mm -hmm. a pull up. And then it was exciting because I want to go to the gym because I want to see if I can get that today, if I could push myself hard enough to get that today. And then when you start out with a hundred pound hip thrust, and then one day you're doing 200 or 300 pounds, then it starts getting really exciting because you had no idea how strong you are and what you were truly capable of. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this spills over into other areas of our life as well. Yeah. And then that's really, we could probably end the strength portion on this. And what made it so exciting for me and what I hear from almost every single one of our clients who, who does this, we focus on strength for a little while because they're so used to CrossFit, Orange Theory, Berries, whatever that may be. We just say, hey, let's take a little bit of break from what you're used to. Let's focus on strength for two, three, four months. And then I say, all right, let's go back to CrossFit. Let's go back (laughs) to berries. Let's go back to Orange Theory. And every single one of them say, I went in, I didn't lose a step, but I am so much stronger. The workouts (laughs) are so much easier. Um, Because again, it goes back to your, when you're visiting those type of CrossFit or like those cardio base classes, you're kind of running yourself into the ground many days a week. Mm -hmm. You take a little bit of a a step back, focus on maybe a weak point you have, you start going back into those classes and you realize that additional strength is just going to make those classes even more enjoyable. And that that's how you can really keep that balance of, I like a little bit of the conditioning, but I need to work on the strength to make my conditioning even better. So true. And I think that there is one more point that we need to address before we do wrap this up is the nutrition part of it. Yeah. And that's, that was going to be the the kind of the second side oh. of this is <laughs> when you're doing everything right, eating healthy, are you eating healthy in the direction that you need to, to be in to build muscle? And that's different from just eating healthy. Yes. There's a big difference from eating healthy and eating healthy to build muscle (laughs) or lose weight. Yeah. And this is really where um, a typical American diet um, is probably eating around maybe half a gram of protein per pound of body weight, if even that. To build muscle, that range is about 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. I like to just go right in the middle of one gram per like (laughs) that ideal body weight. And that's usually the struggle for most people who come to us and say, I eat healthy, 
that's the first thing we're going to ask. Like, okay, are you eating in that one gram, plus or minus 10 to 20%, but one gram of protein per pound of body weight? And they're not. Because if you're not, it doesn't matter how hard you're working out that you are unlikely to build muscle. Or if you Mm -hmm. do, it's going to be extremely slow. Yes. Yeah. It's just going to be hard because we need a certain amount of muscle just to kind of do the basic functions. But to build muscle at that ideal rate, it's going to at least be in the 0.7 to 0.8. You're better off because maybe not all protein is going to be utilized for building muscle just to err at one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And that's going to completely transform your plate. What you're normally used to looking at, a maybe a, a plate full of minimally processed food, which is the other area that we want to focus on, is healthy foods. But you start focusing on getting enough protein, your plate is going to be completely different than what it was prior. Mm-hmm. And also, I think calories are a huge part of this. If you're not eating enough calories, then you, you touched on this earlier, then you're not giving your muscles enough to begin with to grow in the first place. Yeah. You can't be scared to go into what I'd prefer as a lean bulk, Mm -hmm. Um, but a good, great lean bulk is 100 to 150 calories more than your maintenance. Mm -hmm. Like that's all that's needed. And getting enough protein in that one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, I also think getting in that 20 to 25 grams of fiber a day is also very helpful just from a, like a gut bacteria and being able to process everything well. Mm-hmm. But you'll find your maintenance level, the maintenance levels where you're not gaining weight or losing weight, but you want to gain about a pound a month. And that's about it. If you're going over that, you're probably gaining some fat. Um, I know the more experience you have in the gym, one pound a month is pretty extreme. You may only need to be half a pound to a pound a month. Um, But for newbies, you can gain up to two pounds per month. Yes. But um, you just want to keep an eye on that body fat percentage because Mm -hmm. that could be uh, an area that goes up a little bit faster than what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I like to err around that like one pound a month. Um, if we see the body fat percentage go down, that's great. But you you can't be scared to gain a little weight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's again when we come back to really how we started this is the scale is not a great metric to fix skinny fat. No, it's it, not. It's you, you may we have this uh, scale that we found on Amazon. I think it was what twenty thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. It it's maybe it's not the most accurate body fat percentage. But the most accurate cost a ton of money. (laughs) And this is within a good range. And so what I would suggest with anybody who has any type of body fat percentage calculator um, scale, it's not about the number. It's about the direction the number goes. Yeah. It's about those trends over time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's why we really like the scale that we have. It shows trends over time. So we know if we're going in the right direction. Um, so it doesn't have to be 100% accurate. It's it's what direction it's going in. Is it going up? Is it going down over the course of weeks or months? Yeah. So just to kind of wrap all this up, if you are in that team of weight's not necessarily the issue, but you do find that you want a leaner, more aesthetic physique 
that you're skinny fat, you want that lean aesthetic physique, or if you're in that camp of, I want to still lose 20 or 30 pounds, but I want that end result to be that lean aesthetic physique, the answer is going to be um, eat enough protein, buy a strength for your workouts, not necessarily cardio, and that's going to be a better, give you a better end result. Obviously, if you're trying to lose 20, 30 pounds, you do need to be in a caloric deficit, but understand a strength bias is still going to be critical. And overall, focusing on body fat percentage over weight on the scale is going to be a better metric of success. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. All right. Stay pretty healthy. Stay pretty healthy. <laughs> <laughs> If you know you're ready to lose weight and build muscle while simultaneously improving your relationship with food, but would love some additional support, we're here to help you. We know that dieting too strictly for too long can slow your metabolism and we can help you restore it with our proven PHF method. We've helped hundreds of others reach their physique and health goals without having to give up the foods they love or constantly being on a diet. And we'd love to help you too. Fill out the obligation-free application in the show notes or at prettyhealthycoaching.com.